lives Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no cotton down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about turkeys, nuts, pot stocks, customs, and quite a few racy airplane stories. The music for this episode comes from a listener named Andrew. He first sent me the video the very heartwarming Christmas video from the airline WestJet, the Canadian airline. Probably most of you have seen it. It's where they did this really creative idea where they had a fake Santa and they were asking the passengers what they wanted for Christmas. And then while they were in flight, they ran out and bought everything. And then when they arrived where they were arriving, the presents came out wrapped to baggage claim. I mean, what a fantastic, I know it's, you know, promotional idea, but who cares? It's fantastic. And when is anyone ever happy to be a baggage claim? (laughs) I mean, people got big screen TVs and airline tickets. And then I felt bad for the one guy who asked for socks and underwear. But most of you, because it really went viral, most of you probably saw that video. I'll put a link on my website just in case. It really is worth a watch. But there's another video that Andrew sent me um, from a few years back. And it's uh, in London. London's Heathrow Airport, and it's a flash mob. They had all these professional musicians and dancers, and they were at the airport, and they were welcoming the people home. It was a flash mob sponsored by T-Mobile, but I thought it was really well done, and uh, it's the music for this show. And If you want to see the video, I'll put that on my website, and let's just get on with the show. You work for Pan Am, right? That's my oh, favorite God. story. You're not going to do yes. that, are you? Yes. Okay, so um, like what which did one? you serve at the holiday time? At uh, Thanksgiving, we served a turkey, a whole turkey. It was a turkey. It was a choice between turkey or roast beef. You mean a whole turkey like you'd have at Thanksgiving dinner? A whole turkey. Yeah, we did. And one day, well, one, well one's Thanksgiving, uh, we had, and every flight had a turkey, but one Thanksgiving I was actually on the flight and I was working first class, but I wasn't working galley. We got the turkey onto the, the cart, you know, with the cranberry and all that. You, you know, would take the turkey the on the cart in the aisle? The whole turkey. And then we would carve it out of the, out of the <laughs> cart in the aisle. Yeah. Well, we hit a bump, but, you know, just as we got out of uh, the galley, we hit a bump in the... In the, in the on the floor, yeah. you know, like we have now. Well, the turkey slid off the the whole turkey, the whole turkey slid <laughs> off the tray. So <laughs> we all went. Oh my goodness! 
Oh, thank goodness we have another one in the galley. Thank goodness today they gave us two. So we took the turkey, we closed the curtain, we kind of rubbed it off and, you know, cleaned it off and, and put it back. Yeah, wiped it, put it back on the... Uh, it went right back in the aisle. It went right back in the aisle and said, okay, now I'm ready. There's a second turkey. doesn't look as good as the first one, but hey, it's, this one is clean. I do kind of zany Christmas cards every year, and I've been doing it for so long that it gets harder and harder to think of something uh, original that I haven't done. And I don't have um, kids or dogs to dress up, so you know, it usually just involves me, and I don't do any type of photoshopping or anything. So when I had that trip to Greece, I thought surely there'll be a good photo opportunity and there really wasn't I did take a picture of myself um on top of one castle with another castle in the background thinking all right uh, from the princess bride you know have fun storming the castle but you know it wasn't really good enough and so I got home and I I didn't have that much time I was trying to get out the 100th episode you know there's a lot to do people a lot of people aren't even sending Christmas cards anymore so I thought well I don't I don't want to spend too much time on this project <laughs> but you know I still want to do something so I don't know how many of you have seen a Christmas story where the kid uh, has his tongue frozen stuck to the frozen flagpole and they also did it in uh, I think my best friend's wedding so I figured most people would have seen one of those movies and would sort of know what that was so I thought okay well I'll get my Santa hat and I'll go take a picture with me with my tongue stuck to a flagpole and uh the saying will be Merry Christmas <laughs> which I thought the I thought the saying was cute you know Merry Christmas <laughs> but the problem is uh it was a Sunday obviously before Christmas and I thought okay I gotta I gotta go find a flagpole and Quite honestly, I've never ventured out before looking for flagpoles. <laughs> it's not, you know, you can't really Google, where are the closest flagpoles? <laughs> you can Google a lot of things, but I don't think you can, I don't think you can Google that. So I thought, all right, I'll just get in my car and I'll, I'll just start. I figured, you know, schools, playgrounds, banks, really the only places you have flagpoles anymore, right? So I went, there's a skate park near me so I went in there and I didn't see that many people around and I brought some wipes because I was wiping off the flagpoles and uh I I try I I have in some years asked other people to take the picture of me but I did think of my people might think it was strange so I was trying to take the picture myself with my flagpole and taking the picture <laughs> when I got to this skate park there was nobody there even on a Sunday and uh it was perfect but then I see a woman looking at me very strangely on her phone. I was afraid, like, she's calling the cops or something. There's some adult at the park where they're licking a pole. <laughs> so I, I hurried up and skedaddled out of there. And then I, I went to some churches, but, you know, it was Sunday, and I really didn't want to start licking the pole at a church <laughs> in front of a bunch of people. So I eventually found a couple banks. And uh, the banks, because it's Sunday, they're closed. It, it was better. Um, it was fine. But... As has happened many times with my Christmas cards, they pretty much went over like a lead balloon. I guess people haven't seen a Christmas story. 
They didn't know why I was licking a pole. They didn't know I had a tongue stuck to a pole. They didn't get the milk. <laughs> I did it sort of as a, I, I'm sort of a movie buff. I, I'm very fond of a lot of movies. So I did, because I didn't think any of the pictures were really that card worthy, I did three. So I did on the front, the me with my tongue stuck to a pole with a milk and then on the inside I had a picture of me in front of the Colosseum in Rome because I'd just been there and uh, I said I hope you have a Roman holiday because I love that movie with uh, Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck well and also because I just love the the traveling so um, you know have a Roman holiday on the back I had the picture of me with the castles and I put the Princess Bride reference you know have fun storming the castle so, as it's happened many times with my Christmas card photo bonanza, it went over like a literal lead balloon. Like, wah, wah, wah. I even, on the envelopes, because I knew maybe people might not have seen the movie, so on the back of the envelope, I put some movie stickers, like movie nights, saying this card contains movie references to A Christmas Story, Roman Holiday, and The Princess Bride. So if you haven't seen those movies, you aren't going to get it. And you're just going to think I'm nuts. And you know what? Turns out most people hadn't seen the movies. And they just thought I was nuts. Moe quith nuts. Okay, so you say the worst thing? Probably the worst thing I ever did on Pan Am was... Uh, I played uh, straight poker. Straight wait, poker. Not on the airplane. Yeah. Wait, 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 In the wait, main wait, cabin. Wait, wait, wait. wait a minute. <laughs> I've never heard anything like this before. You played well, strip poker on I the airplane. I played straight poker on the airplane. With other people playing? With a pilot. <laughs> With passengers on board. Yeah. And who won? I did. <laughs> Does that mean you took the most clothes off? No, he, he no, he got down. He got down to his um, underwear. He, yeah, the pilot was in his underwear. Oh, yeah, he was in his underwear in did the he, cabin. Did he have socks and shoes? No, he lost that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, what did the passengers think? Passengers, nothing. They would just. It was during the night. It was a night flight, and they would go to the bathroom, and it was on a seven o seven. You know, they would go to the bathroom and. They would look and they would see us play cards and one guy was in, you know, bare chest and on the way. They, I guess they... <laughs> no, nobody said anything. Well, no, okay, no, the important question is, what were you wearing? What did you get down to? I, I don't think I had my uniform on anymore, but I mean, I had everything else. <laughs> you were in your underwear? Yeah, I guess my pantyhose anyway, my bra. Yeah, I... strange phenomenons on the airplane is that people sort of feel like they have a um they're entitled to you you know your time your attention and really anything on your body I'm not your (laughs) that's that came out wrong I mean uh I was what I was going for is lots of times they'll point at my pen in my pocket and say uh you know give me your pen or can I have your pen and I always say no because you know it's my pen and I need it and I'll say, oh, I'll go look for a pen for you, or I'll go look in my bag, see if I have a hotel pen. But they just feel entitled to whatever I'm wearing. 
strangely enough. So I was flying with this girl and she had on these really pretty leaf earrings. They had like an outline of a leaf, very nice, very delicate. And I said to her, oh, I, I like your earrings. And she said, you wouldn't believe what a passenger said to me today. And I was like, what? And she goes, I was on the beverage cart and he says, um, give me your earring. Not, can I have your earring? Or even if you said, can I have your earring, please? What is a guy? Why does it? Why is the guy entitled to her earring? And she said, excuse me? And he said, uh, give me your earring. I need to um, reset my iPhone. And she said, are you saying you want me to take my earring out of my ear? You want to stick it in your phone? And then I'm going to put it back in my the hole in my ear? And he was like, yes. And she said, absolutely not. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> and she ended up finding a uh, uh, safety pin for him. But it is amazing that uh, he can just feel like he can say, give me your earring. This is a pilot story. So a friend of mine, when he was new, tw over 20 years ago, he'd come from the military, and he's a young pilot, and he's flying uh, as a second officer on the yeah. L-1011. There's three pilots, and on this aircraft, we had a lower galley, yeah. and the senior pilots, their stories, they always told him, if a flight attendant calls you down to the galley, it's because she wants to have relations with you. <laughs> and That's I a good way to put it, actually. And I say to him, how can you believe this? And he says, because the old guys told us and we revered them and we thought this, it must be true. So sure enough, one day he gets called down to the galley. The flight tents call and say, hey, we got a couple cards turned over. Can you come help us? So he said, I put my hat on. I fixed my tie. I looked at the other two guys and I said, I'm going to the galley. He's thinking he's getting uh, <laughs> lucky. Yes. So he goes down to the galley. The flight attendants have their backs to him. They're like eating. They're not paying attention to him. And he's looking around and he goes, hey, <laughs> hey. And they go, yeah, hey. And he goes, I'm here. And they go, yeah, the carts are behind you there. And he says he looks. And sure enough, there's two turnover carts. And he's like, oh. <laughs> I actually have another story about that. This guy, um, this is a long time ago, but this guy, he used to get called down there. Do you remember the air conditioning used to be broken? And they used to take these silver coffee pots and bang. Do you remember <laughs> no, that? I don't they bang. Like that's, he got called down to the galley, you know, to go fix the air conditioning with the coffee pot. So he's got his coffee pot. And he's always heard stories from the other pilots, too. And he gets down there, and there's this really senior woman, really heavy set. She has her skirt off. Because, you know, people used to get hot down there. I remember hearing and about she that. Was they smoking, would smoking a cigarette. And he was thinking, oh, no, because he had heard these stories. <laughs> He's like, oh gosh. And she goes, she, she, he opens the door and he's all hesitant, thinking, oh, what am I going to do? You know, and she goes, you here for the air conditioning? <laughs> it's over there. So, <laughs> but he was really worried there for a minute. Let's start off. <laughs> Coming in from South America, I can't remember where. When we got in, immigration was met the flight and they said they need everybody to stay seated. And they were coming on board and like five immigration guys with their uniform and, and guns came on and they went to the back of the plane and they got this guy out and that was it. Then they let everybody to plane and everybody was asking us, why, what happened? Why, what did it? 
So the, one of the immigration guys standing outside of the plane told me what happened. But I got on the PA and said, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that were wondering why they took five, guy, five immigration guys, took that man back in the plane, well, during the whole flight, he never said thank you or please. And we take stuff like that very serious. Flight attendants, it really hurt our feelings. So we had them taken out, off the plane. So as the, pa pa as the passengers were coming off, they were saying, thank you, thank you. And one old lady said, I said thank you. The reason why uh, they took him off is because he had a warrant for his arrest. And the last time that he did that, it took like five guys to, to get him off. He put up a fight. So that was the real reason. And I want to thank those of you who did your Christmas shopping by clicking through my website, BettyInTheSky.com, when you were going to buy something on Amazon, because it seemed like a lot of people did Christmas shopping, and it really uh, brightened my holiday season. People bought jackets and floor mats, Grand Am headlights, cameras, Doctor Who videos, and even some Vitamixers. <laughs> So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, it doesn't cost you anymore. If you take just a second, click through my website, BettyInTheSky.com. It supports the show. It doesn't cost you anymore. And it, uh, it's just goodwill all around. Thank you so much. Um, the flight attendant, we were, our airplane was stopped in Salt Lake City. We hadn't started boarding yet. And the flight attendant had gotten off to get some food and got back on the airplane and said to me that, there's a crazy man, and he is in the terminal, and he's talking to his reflection in the glass. And she said, I don't think that we should board him. And I said, well, we can't not board everyone that's crazy because we wouldn't have any passengers. <laughs> and so um, she said, okay, but I'm warning you, he's really nuts. So he boards, and sure enough, oh, he's the last person to board, and he's in seat 4D in first class. And so when the flight attendant asks if she can take his jacket, he looks like a homeless person. And so she, when she takes his jacket, she takes it from him with the tips of her fingers, opens the overhead bin and tosses it in the overhead bin. And um, so uh, on that flight, it was just um, Salt Lake City to Los Angeles. So it's an hour and 15 minutes. And we served dinner on the whole airplane front to back. And so I was racing around, and I had served. I, I served the salad to the man sitting next to him in 4C, and I and the man says, uh, and I had served the passenger in 4D, and the man says in 4C to me, "What do you do about a situation like this?" And I said, "Like what?" And the man in 4D had pushed his tray back close to the seat in front of him and had his penis out in his hands. And this guy calmly says, what do you do about a situation like this? Yes, he did. And so I was so, my adrenaline was rushing so much because I was rushing to serve dinner. And I thought, I don't have time to deal with this. And so I went, called the, the cockpit and I said, I have to come up there. And so I went into the cockpit and I said, there's a man back there. He has his, he has his, and I couldn't remember the word penis because I, I was in such a, a, a frenetic state. And I said, he has his cock in his hands, and you have to come out here and do something about this because I don't have time to deal with it. 
so the pilots kept coming up with these plans of what the, how they were going to deal with it and so they would call me and they'd say okay this is plan A and they'd call me and, and tell me how they were going to deal with it and then they'd call me back and they'd say okay cancel plan A this is plan B seriously this is what happened and so we they finally decided there was a a jump seater in the cockpit. They decided that the jump seater would come out and sit next to the man. And so that's what they did and then they landed the airplane. Did you tell them to stop or put a blanket on um, What We should have just thrown a blanket on him like they do in hospitals. But the, when the pilot came out, the pilot told him that he was going to have to stop or he was going to be arrested. But I let the pilot deal with that. And um, so when we arrived in San Francisco, the flight was met by the police and uh, so the pilot made an announcement for everyone to remain seated in the, until the police came on and the police came on and took the man off and Douglas Fairbanks Sr., the old time, actually was Douglas Fairbanks Jr., he was an old time actor from like the 30s, was sitting in 4A and he was a very distinguished gentleman and he had a an ascot and so forth and his jacket very well dressed and he said on the way out of the airplane well what happened what was that about and I said well there was a man that was exposing himself in flight and he said oh my god like he had never heard of such a thing although he had lived for 50 years in Los Angeles and Hollywood I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the podcast that one of my hobbies or interests is that I I, I like the stock market. I don't have a lot of money to play around with the stock market, but I've always, um, it's always interested me because it's sort of like, kind of a little bit of a gambler and it's kind of like respectable gambling, really. You know, people don't look down upon you because you're playing around with the stock market like they would if you were spending a lot of time in a casino. So about, I don't know how many years ago, three, four years ago, my company always had had a 401k and they have a little matching thing in their 401k. And we had like a hundred mutual funds we could choose between. But about three years ago, um, they changed it. And one of the options was you could have a brokerage account and you could invest in anything in the stock market. So I, because I had always had an interest, but not the funds to play in the stock market, jumped on that. And now I've been able to buy whatever I want in my 401k. So, you know, it, like, you know, Twitter just came out and I can buy Twitter in my 401k. So I was flying with a guy. This is probably about a year and a half ago now. And we were on an all night flight and he was talking about Fannie Mae, you know, the mortgage company. Uh, and I won't go too into this because I know this isn't a, a stock investing podcast, but he was talking about how it had been $80 and it was now 23 cents. And his point was, you know, it's a company that, that makes billions and billions of dollars. And how often do you have the chance to buy a company that, that makes billions of dollars for 23 cents a share? And more importantly, at our salary, salary range, we can't buy a lot of any kind of stock because just don't have that kind of money. You know, if a stock is $50, I can't buy... 500 shares of it. But if something's 23 cents, guess what? I can. <laughs> so his, and uh, I'm not really recommending this stock because it's, it's complicated because it's really a gamble because the government's involved. So they could, if they decide to let it go private again or let someone buy it, it could be worth a lot of money. But if they decide to dissolve it, it's worth nothing. So I knew this going in, but it was 23 cents. So I bought a bunch of it because it's 
quarters, basically. And it didn't do anything. It sat there for a long time. And I was at uh, recurrent training for work one day. And that night when I was talking to him, he had said, like, um, I learned a lot from this guy. Never seen him again. He was saying how that uh, companies don't buy anything under a dollar, mutual funds, hedge funds. Big money never buys anything under a dollar. So he said, if it gets back up to a dollar, the big money will come in and it'll run up. Those were his words exactly. It'll run up. So it sat there for... I don't know, eight, nine months. And then I was in recurrent training. And I, during our break, I happened to look on my phone to see what I was doing because I hadn't done anything, but I was still, you know, hoping it would. And I looked and it was 65 cents. And I went back into the, you know, <laughs> where we're learning all of, you know, aircraft safety. And I'm like, Fannie Mae is the 65 cents. And everybody's looking at me like, what the heck are you talking about? But I was excited. And he was exactly right. When it went to a dollar, it ran up just like he said it would. And I had so much fun. <laughs> I was literally like doing little cheers at home, like, go Fanny, go Fanny, go Fanny. Because <laughs> it actually it actually hit uh, $3. So I've sold like half of what I bought just because I figured now I've made a really good profit, you know, in my 401k. I can't use it, but still. And now I can hold it and I'm going to let it uh, ride to see if it really does go back up to 20 or $80. And I, I decided if it, if it does that, <laughs> if I ever have pets, it's going to be Fanny and May. There's my dogs, Fanny and May. <laughs> okay, now the whole reason I'm telling this story is that the other day, oh, the, the holidays, man, standby travel is just so much harder at the holidays because the flights get cut down and, you know, everybody and their grandmother's traveling somewhere to see family. So it's really hard to fly standby. So I was having to leave my house so, so early before work. Like, you know, I'd have to get, I had one flight. It was like a four o'clock in the afternoon. I had to get up here at like 4.30 in the morning because just to make sure I could get there. So anyway, I, it's spending lots of quality time at the airport <laughs> before my flight. And uh, I was sitting next to a girl and she was there like eight hours before her flight. So, you know, you get a little bored and we're sitting in front of the airline computers they have computers for us to use for our scheduling or whatever but you can get on the internet and I was just briefly mentioning I think I was looking to see how Fanny was doing <laughs> you know see if I needed to do a little cheer like go Fanny go Fanny <laughs> and I was talking to her about it and she said um very casually I I want to I want to invest in pot and I my ears immediately perked up because now I want another low price stock that might run up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, huh, pot. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea considering they're just making it legal in a couple states. And it, if it works out well, you know, other states might, might join in. And so I thought, well, that sounds like a good idea. So she and I sat there at our airline computers <laughs> and Googled marijuana, <laughs> cannabis, <laughs> investing in pot, investing in marijuana, stocks that, uh, you know, stand to gain. And we even found articles like uh, marijuana could be the biggest cash crop the world has ever seen, bigger than corn, bigger than cotton. And I was like, yeah, let's find some, you know, pot stocks. <laughs> so I found some stocks that were like three cents, 11 cents, 13 cents. And like I said, that's right up my alley considering I don't have like a, a ton of money. So that bottom line is though, I am almost positive. We'll see, but I bet you, and I'll get back to you on this, that I'm going to get drug tested. 
in the next month or two because all companies monitor employees' use on company computers. And since I spent three hours um, Googling marijuana, cannabis, (laughs) I would imagine a drug test is in my near future. I was standing in the back of a 757 at night. And you know how at night, when you look out the window, it looks like the plane's not moving? Yeah. So a little old lady comes to the back galley. It's dark in the galley. It's dark on the plane. She pops out her false teeth and says, when are we going to start moving? (laughs) And I said, ma'am, we're at 35,000 feet. We're going to land in about 30 minutes. So in November, I took a big trip to Greece, and I took a lot of buses, a lot of public transportation, and it reminded me of when I went, my very first trip that I took to an international destination by myself, because in Greece, I was taking these buses, and one of the problems in Greece that I had, or one of the challenges, is that you know, they have a different alphabet, and, and, and it's quite challenging reading it from a Western, you know, or from a U.S. perspective. And I had, you know, knew where I was wanting to go. And I would, for two weeks, I would say to people where I wanted to go or like go up to try to get a, a bus ticket. And I'd say things like, well, I would say, I want to go to Ioinia. And they'd go, what? And I'd say, Ioinia. Uh, it was spelled I-O, <laughs> I-O-N-I- N-I-A, and I thought, I-O-N-I-A. And, and I finally I had to keep writing things down because I was like, I want to go here. And I'd, I'd write it down, and they'd go, oh, you mean Yinia? And I'm like, yeah, I-O-N comes out yin. Anyway, I'm like, yes, that's where I want to go, Yinia. <laughs> and I, I, I kept um, double-checking, sort of like people at the airport that are uh, – sometimes irritating to us that are very comfortable at an airport are always asking, double-checking, double is this where this goes? Is this what this is doing? But I kept doing that in Greece just because, you know, I wasn't sure. I wanted to make sure I'd get on the right bus. But I remembered why now, why I am overly cautious while I'm taking buses because my very first trip to a foreign country by myself is when I went to Israel, Egypt, and Jordan. And I was taking a bus in Israel. And, you know, I was a little nervous traveling by myself because I hadn't done it. And, um, you know, it's kind of the Middle East. So I was I was trying to be really, you know, hypervigilant and very aware and, and trying not to get myself in a pickle. <laughs> so I was on a bus ride and, you know, just like any other country, civilized, and they stopped for a break because it was kind of a long bus ride. So I got out, you know, I was going to use the restroom, maybe grab a beverage. And when we had pulled up to the bus stop, we were the only bus, right? So I didn't even think about it. And when I went in the bathroom and I think I grabbed a, went and purchased a bottle of water and I came out, 11 buses, all looking, they all looked exactly the same. I had no idea which bus was the one I was on. And like panic set in. I was like, oh, oh. 
I guess I should have looked at the number on the bus, but I didn't think of it because there weren't any other buses. I thought, you know, just just getting off the bus, going to get right back on the bus. Had no idea. I'd come out and there'd be a whole row of buses that looked exactly alike. And I was, I was panicking just a little bit. My first trip by myself and I, I had no idea. And my luggage was on the bus. You know, they put it under the bus and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I don't, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. But thank goodness, thank goodness, I saw someone that I recognized from my bus and I watched what bus he got back on and then I got back on that bus but ever since then <laughs> I am hyper vigilant hyper aware <laughs> of what bus I get on and what bus I get off because I don't ever want to be in that scary situation again um yeah it was going to one of the islands in the Bahamas, you know, we had, um, what was his name? Um, oh, crap. What's his name? The guy that created Pan Am. Anyway, he had, re um, oh, God. Anyway. Yeah. I should know it. Well, I should know it, too. <laughs> I just slipped my mind. And um, it's like right here. But anyway, he lived in the... Um, Nassau, he retired, I mean in the Bahamas, he retired in the Bahamas, <coughs> but we would deliver his paper every day, you know, like we would deliver, Wait, the airplane would deliver we would, paper. yeah, we had a special flight with passengers on everything, but we only went there to deliver his paper, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, you wonder, yeah, we, we kind of went bankrupt, you know, but anyway. Did you have a 747 delivering your newspaper? No, it was, it was a 720, I think, 727. <laughs> But anyway, um, we got to one of these islands and uh, the, the uh, manager of the station would uh, 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 give us a call because we'd be there like three hours or something, you know, so they would give, give us, they would, well, they would actually give us his call. They would give the captain like his call so we could, we wouldn't have to stay at the airport for three hours. We could take the car and go have lunch or, you know, nice. go have, a, not a beer, but I mean, go have, you know. So this time, and with Pan Am, we, they always told us since um, our training, you never go anywhere without your bathing suit because you never know where you can end up, right? So we had our bathing suit with us, even though it was like a turnaround, you still had a bathing suit. And we took the car, what do we do? Oh, let's go to the, let's go to the beach or something. So we took the car and it was the captain, the engineer and another flight attendant and me. So that left the first officer and one flight attendant on the airplane. They didn't want to go anywhere. So we found, we took the car and he drove and um, oh, there's nobody in the back now. <laughs> so we, um, um, you know, we went to a beach and uh, we went swimming and everything and the captain had parked the, 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 the car really close to the shore, you know. I mean, it was, it, there was no, yeah, it was, there was nobody there. There was nobody. I mean, it was really, um, uh, there was nobody. This totally deserted beach. So after a while, you know, the captain said, okay, well, we leave in uh, an hour and a half, so maybe we should just make it back to the airport. And yeah, sure enough, uh, the car got stuck in the sand <laughs> and we couldn't get out. <laughs> so you couldn't get, and we were in bathing suits and all that. 
and uh, so we were so we tried to uh, you know stop the car we tried to push the car well it didn't work yeah it was very hard in sand finally but it took us like a good 20 30 minutes to get the car out you know so finally we got the car out now we're leaving in like 45 minutes you know and we finally got to the airport uh, they had boarded the, the passengers were on the plane and here we came the captain yeah the captain the engineer yeah engineer and two of us in our bathing suits to the airplane Cap, the, 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 the passengers are clapping we're full I mean the water we had been swimming so the water wet wet hair and everything so I mean the captain just put his pants on I don't know whether he put his shirt on he just puts it, he puts the pants on and uh, he took off and we just put our we put our uniform on but just like that you know so at least when we get to Miami which was only 30 minutes later we would look somewhat decent you know but we had fun times. I can just imagine the pilot in his swimsuit and his uh, hat. I know. <laughs> <laughs>that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. I don't think that I will be out looking for flagpoles to lick again anytime soon, <laughs> but I will be watching those pot stocks. <laughs> See you next time and thank you very much.